It's football season. Time for the Gridiron Breakdown. Your host, RJ. Well, when was the last time 80,000 people showed up to see if you're doing chemistry experiments? Alan. You play football like Engineero played football. Let's get to the breakdown. It's time for the Gridiron Breakdown, the show that gets you ready for the top college football games of each week. And Alan, uh, we are heading into week 12, but man, week 11 left us with a lot to talk about. I just want to start off with this, that look, after a loss like that, the team, the coaches, the administration at the school need to take a long look in the mirror and decide, is this what they want their football future to be? Of course, I'm talking about Arkansas and South Carolina, and one of those teams has already decided, no, we don't want that life. We don't, we're varsity blues, we're mocks, we don't want that life. Arkansas jettisoned Chad Morris and Will Muschamp may be on his way out at South Carolina, uh, but they weren't the only SEC teams that, that took an L this week. Uh, of course, Bama and LSU, another classic game, we'll talk about that one. Uh, Penn State took a big one, and a lot of other cool stuff went down in week 11. Yeah, it was an interesting week. I mean... You know, uh, first off, the LSU-Alabama game lived up to the hype. Uh, the first half, LSU really dominated and controlled the game. And Alabama fought back, which is good on their part. But let's be honest, Jay. Alabama could not stop LSU from scoring. LSU went conservative in the third quarter and let Alabama get back in that game. When LSU had to have it, Joe Burrows, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire made the play to get a huge win. And I imagine when the CFP rankings come out, they'll be number one. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum there, I mean, Jay, let, let's be honest. I, I shot you a text during the game with the score, and I think Western Kentucky was up 38-13 to 13 on Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we knew at that point Chad Morris, I thought he might get fired in the locker room. At least I guess they let him finish the game. Uh, but just an awful showing. Now, I will say, Jay, I did pick that game. Uh, I thought Western Kentucky had a shot, and they, they really pulled it off. Uh, on the other, another game that was interesting was uh, TCU and Baylor played a game that was tied at nine at the end of regulation. Um, Baylor's offense just couldn't get it done in the first half. They managed to gut out a win uh, in overtime. That, that was another big takeaway from my weekend is just the struggle that Baylor had against TCU. Yeah, the other things I noticed, of course, the NCAA decided Chase Young didn't need to play football because his girlfriend came to see him in the Rose Bowl or some nonsense. But it didn't matter because Ohio State still dropped 73 on Maryland. So that that was an emphatic win. Another one for Ohio State, which I still contend the most complete team I've seen all year. I don't care who they've played. Uh, the other thing, man, I, I was blown away by Oklahoma still is struggling to put teams away. They'll build up these huge leads and then something has happened to Alex Grinch's offense, they or defense rather, they just slide back and slide back and slide back and let teams back in it, and then Oklahoma you know gives a turnover up, and Iowa State went for the win on a two point play. They could have tied it, tried to go to overtime, decided to go for the win. They didn't make it, but it was close, and. I don't know, man. To me, I look at Oklahoma, and you want to talk a little bit about their game with Baylor later in the show here coming up this week, but they are not playing complete football anymore. And I don't know. It's something about that K-State game. That seems to have broken something in them. They're just not finishing games anymore. Well, I know they've had some injuries at linebacker, which I think set them back on defense. But, yeah, I mean, that they allowed Iowa State to score three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma put up no points. And um, 
You know, Matt Campbell decided he was going to pull a Bill Osborne and he was going for the win, not no stinking tie. And, uh, you know, it would have been gutsy if it worked. I think he knew his team was on borrowed time and in that position. I can't blame the guy. But, yeah, I mean, only beating Iowa State by a point coming off a loss, that that's not impressive at all. Um, you know, the, the other thing was, man, Virginia Tech put the smackdown on Wake Forest. I mean, we thought yes, Wake Forest did. was the second-best team in that division, a top-25 team. And Virginia Tech is quietly playing some pretty good football. That They should have beat Notre Dame two weeks ago. Um, and I think they still have an outside shot at the Coastal um, if, they, if they win out, which includes a win over their arch-rival Virginia. Yeah, who, a team that they routinely beat, by the way. Uh, look, that was Bud Foster's last home game. And, you know, I talked to, to, uh, a friend of mine that's a Vatech grad and a big, you know, Hokies fan. And she said, you know, the guy's just an institution there and they definitely wanted to send him out with a win. And they sent him out with an emphatic one. And Virginia Tech seems to have found something with another quarterback now on offense. And maybe, maybe they're going to be okay. You know, for a while there, we were all talking about like Justin Fuente might get, blown up at the end of this, but Virginia Tech's not gonna not gonna fire somebody, you know, in midstream. That's not how they tend to operate. And they wanted to send Bud Faster out on a big, big win, and he got one. And you know, now all I know is that Wake Forest at one time looked like a team that might, you know, be able to maybe challenge Clemson a little bit. No, not at all. They're not gonna do nothing to them and I I don't know, man. I, if that's the premier game in the ACC this week, it's a 30-point spread. And that tells you all you need to know about how the ACC is this year. Yeah, the ACC is definitely not good outside of Clemson. And let's be honest, Jay, but when you look at the Pac-12, you have Oregon and Utah sitting there as both one-loss teams. But everybody else in that conference has four losses. I mean, yeah. it, it has not <laughs> been pretty. I mean, the fact that Oregon State is second in the North, and the fact that UCLA has a shot to win the South is uh, pretty mind-boggling. So it, it feels like outside of the top, there's a lot of average to mediocre football being played out there in America. Well, I mean, yeah, there is. There's just a lot of parity across the land, and I, people hate hearing it. But look, I, two of the best teams, maybe three of the best teams in the country are all in the same conference in the Southeast. And the best football is being played in here. I mean, if it wasn't for Ohio State, Oh, there's not a team outside of the southeastern United States that I think can take any of these teams. That includes Clemson, who ain't played nobody and ain't gonna play nobody till the very end of all this. But Bama, Georgia, LSU, and Clemson are just on a different wavelength, man. And I, you know, Oklahoma looked good early in the season. That's why we don't hand the Heisman and stuff out in September or the championship out because they've faltered down the stretch. Uh, Texas isn't that good this year. The rest of the Big Twelve. I mean, Baylor is undefeated. We shouldn't short slot them, but I mean, they've kind of gotten there through smoke and mirrors. I think they're a little bit even ahead of their own expectations there this year. And you you nailed it about the Pac-12. I mean, I told you in a text that uh, the P in Pac-12 stands for parity uh, because that's exactly what you've got going on out west. So uh, what that makes for is really interesting football because you never know who's going to win each week. But on the other hand, uh, it does uh, mean that your team's probably not going to be in the mix at the end of the year. Uh, but still a lot of football to be played. And uh, look, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about how 
We, like every other uh, football-talking media outlet in the world, uh, gave Minnesota no chance whatsoever <laughs> against Penn State, and all they did was go and absolutely dominate the Nittany Lions. Now, they had to hang on to win in the end, but, uh, man, they, they played an outstanding game, and I, for one, am kind of side-rooting for Minnesota to make it all the way to the end, though I still don't know if they've got anything for Ohio State. Well, I, I agree with you, and you know what? Nothing would give me better joy because I do harbor some deep hatred for Ohio State for reasons I can't get into on an hour-long podcast. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, it's a great story. P.J. Flex doing a good job. They're playing good defense. They're running the ball, and they really took care of Penn State in a game that nobody gave them a chance. So you get your hats off to them. They get a, a tough game against Iowa. You know, they keep winning. Uh, it's out in front of them. You know, if they win them all, nobody can keep them out. Yeah. As we mentioned, of course, Chad Morris out at Arkansas. So that coaching search is on. Ruggers is still technically open at this point. Wait for those Greg Schiano news any day of the week now. And uh, Florida State still in the midst of their search because Willie Taggart was let go last week. So we, you know, the coaching carousel is starting to spin and we'll, we'll, Get into more of that in a few weeks as those things start to work themselves out. But last thing here, bro, Alan, we got to talk about are the picks. You went nine and three last week. You picked those two, uh, out of conference teams over those SEC teams. I thought the SEC teams would get it done, but you, you were right. Uh, danger zone didn't quite come to fruition. Washington showed up to play a football game, uh, at home finally. And so you're 83 and 40 on the year. I went seven and five because again, I thought those G5 teams, uh, couldn't get it done, and I was uh, completely wrong. Uh, I'm 78 and 45 on the year. So, uh, you know, does that mean I'm going to have another wild week of weird picks? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but that's where we stand as we head into week 12 here. Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty close. You know, there's been a lot of parody. So, you know, there's no telling what's happened. We're going into rivalry season. I imagine we'll see some crazy stuff in the last month of the season, Jay. I think so. I kind of hope so. I mean, that'll make for a fun watch, right? And that's what I'm looking for. So let's get into it. First featured game of the week is one of those parody 12s, the Pac-12, the UCLA Bruins, who started the season about as bad as you can. They're four and five on the year, but they're four and two in the conference on the road this week to take on the Utah Utes, who are eight and one, five and one in the conference, the only loss that lost to USC, uh, the Trojans there. And Alan, I, I got to tell you, man, Utah this year has been getting it done with the defense. They're giving up only 246 yards a game, only 56 yards rushing a game. And that's a key thing here in this game because UCLA, you know, they throw the ball pretty good. They average about 235 through the air, but they are a running team. And the only thing about Chip Kelly offense is they like to pound the football. Joshua Kelly's a great running back, got 860 yards in the year for the Bruins, 10 touchdowns. He gets the ball a lot. The Bruins need to be able to run the ball, and it's going to be tough to do against this Utah group, particularly at home. When SC beat them, SC beat them throwing it on them. And they're the, they're the reason this stat is as inflated as it is because Utah's only given up 190 through the air. Uh, that's outstanding when you're this deep into the season. We're talking about the 10th game of the season coming up for these guys and they are absolutely doing it. But it's not only that, you can't score on them. They're only going up 12 points a game. Meanwhile, on offense, very balanced. 240 in the air, 210 on the ground. That's what they like to do. Uh, you got Tyler Huntley at quarterback, only one interception this year, Alan. 
20, uh, 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, super accurate, too. He's only missed 50 balls all year, 141 out of 191. That's that's pretty good stuff. And Zach Moss, they're, they're running back, good counter to Kelly. Uh, you know, 828 yards, 11 touchdowns. They got a couple of receivers that get it done, too. Utah is a team, though, that really tries to dare you into doing what you know you shouldn't do against them, to try to pound on them, to try to you know, shorten the game and stuff, or, or to try to go real fast at them. And they just seem to keep everything in front of them, man. For UCLA, again, they started the season horribly, and that's why their stats are really as bad as they are. They're still giving up almost 430 yards or over 430 yards a game, and that's a problem here um, because a lot of that did come in early games, but they're still giving up a lot of points and a lot of yards to people, giving up 30 points a game while averaging about 29 themselves. That's going to be tough in this, and even in conference-wise, UCLA, while they're on a winning streak lately – I just don't know if they've got the, the horses to be able to hang in this. Now, what's going to help them? Utah's a little banged up on defense. Now, so they're still hoping to get some guys back, but they're not going to be 100%. So that's going to open up things for Dorian Thompson Robinson, the, the quarterback, to try to get things going. But, Alan, I can be honest with you. I think Utah's going to put pressure on them. They're going to squeeze him down, and then they're going to lean on their run game and, and put up some points and just put UCLA in an uncomfortable position. I would really love to pick the upset here, dude. But honestly, I just don't see it going that way. I think Utah's the better team and they're the better team for a reason. They're going to win the Pac-12 South and they might win it all when it's all said and done. We'll see if they get around to taking on Oregon in the end. But for this week, I'm picking the Utah Utes in this one and I like them to win it 24 to 13 over UCLA. You know, Jay, I mean, Utah's defense has been incredible. You know, that loss to, to USC is kind of befuddling. Uh, when you really look at it, um, but they played really well, especially at home. They're holding. You just can't score on these guys. They lock you down. I don't think UCLA is going to have enough on offense. I like the better defense. I like the home team. I'll take Utah twenty-four to sixteen. All right, so we both like Utah here, and we like it relatively low scoring. Let's go out to the Big Twelve for our next feature game, Alan. This one's yours. Oklahoma on the road to take on those still undefeated Baylor Bears. Is this? part one of a series we're going to see? Well, it may very well be part one of two. Um, but Jay Baylor's been playing with fire for several weeks. They've managed to gut out wins. They face an Oklahoma offense that's just dynamic, led by Jalen Hurts with over 3,500 total yards. Uh, he, he's got almost 900 rushing yards. He has a total of 39 TDs. They look to get the ball to C.D. Lamb, who's just an incredible wide receiver who has just shy of 1,000 yards. And 13 touchdowns, Jay. And this Oklahoma offense is averaging just shy of 600 yards a game, and they're very balanced. Uh, it's almost a 50-50 split on yards. They really get it done that way. The Oklahoma defense has left a little to be desired. They're giving up almost 350 yards a game, and they've struggled to force turnovers. They, they rank near the bottom uh, of the NCAA with only six tur- turnovers. Jay, they've given up 40 points in back-to-back games against Iowa State and Kansas State. I mean, they let Iowa State score three fourth-quarter touchdowns and almost get that upset. Um, so they've really struggled as a late defense that we had thought had come around. Uh, Baylor has somehow managed to start 9-0 and and rise in the rankings. Their offense has really struggled in the last two games. They only managed 294 yards in just a, a slugfest against TCU. And their quarterback, Charlie Brewer, he's efficient and effective. He's got 2,300 yards and 16 touchdowns. And that offense is averaging almost 450 yards a game. So, I mean, that they've been balanced. 
for the most part. But the problem with this offense is they lack home run hitters. They lack the guy that can take it to the house on any given play, and they can really disappear at games for, for stretches of time that really leaves that defense on the field for quite some time. On defense, Baylor Baylor's average. I mean, they give up 350 yards a game. But where this defense really gets it done, Jay, is they forced 18 turnovers, which is 12th in the country. They average three sacks a game, which is 18th in the country. They give up yards, but they force negative plays and turnovers. It'll kind of be interesting how they handle the quarterback runs that uh, Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma is going to throw at them. And if they really have an answer for C.D. Lamb, which nobody in America so far has. Uh, Baylor needs its offense to step up and take advantage of a struggling uh, Oklahoma defense. But in the end, I think Jalen Hurts' running ability is the difference. I don't think they can contain him all day long. I like Oklahoma to take this one by a score of 41-31 in Waco. All right, so you got it. This is the game day game of the week, man. It is going to be it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a lot of fun, particularly if you like watching teams really throwing punches at each other. I mean, if you were a boxing fan, this would be ones where these guys aren't going to come out and hug each other Floyd Mayweather style. They're going to start coming at each other. Uh, this is more Deontay Wilder's kind of style. Um, I think Oklahoma still has one of the most dangerous offenses in, in the country. There's no doubt about that. But their problems on defense, compounded by injury and also just inexperience and everything – are, are an issue, and they are a real issue when they go on the road. Now, Baylor has has messed around on offense a little bit, but I'm going to be honest with you, Alan. I think they've been looking ahead to this game. I think they know this one's coming, even though they're maybe a year ahead of schedule, like I said in the intro there. I think they've been looking ahead. I think they've been knowing this one's coming down the pike, and I think Matt Rule's going to have these guys up and ready to play. I've seen this happen before where it looks like the offensive juggernaut is going to go in and just keep doing what they do. But this is different this time because the offensive juggernaut in this case just doesn't have the defensive back behind it. It's like the team that can hit home runs and, and get on base, but they don't have pitching to hold up. And that's going to matter in this game. I like Baylor in this one, dude. I'm going to pick them as the home team and, and as the, the outright win. I think they get the, the win here and that's going to really shake up the Big 12 standings. Cause who's number two at that point, right? Could be Iowa State, could be Oklahoma State. You know, a lot of people in that mix. Texas could get back in this, but one thing that's for sure for me, I think Baylor's going to win this ball game. They're going to get it at home. I like them 31 27 over Oklahoma. I think we get a little lower score than you do. So we split on that one. Alan, it's time to get into the lightning round. We're going to start with the ACC in this one and Wake Forest, a team we thought might be able to give this team a game a week or so ago. I don't know. They're on the road to Clemson. Who you like in this one? Well, Jay, Wake Forest defense has really been not very good. They've given up points and yards in bunch bunches. Uh, their offense is solid. I do think the Clemson curb stomp tour continues. I like Clemson to to win 66-21. Wow, you like the blowout city in that one. I can't disagree with you, though, man. I think Clemson is realizing now, look, we got to do this and we got to do it with style. I think they get it done big, too. I like them 55-14 to 14 over Wake Forest. I just don't think Wake's going to be able to hang with them. We go out to the Big 12 in our next game here, and it's a big one. It's going to matter for seeding if things go the way. I think they're going to go in that Baylor-Oklahoma game. Texas on the road at Iowa State. Iowa State crushing loss last week, but you know what? They fought with everything they had. When they're at home, they're a different team. 
Texas, not good on the road this year, and they are beat up on defense, and it is a defense that cannot sustain more injuries. That's a problem in this one. Brock Purdy's going to have plenty of time to throw the football on these guys. I do think Erlinger's going to make it a game for Texas, but I've got to go with the Cyclones in this one. I'm taking Iowa State 44, Texas 40. You know, Jay, uh, I think Ames claims another victim. Funky things seems to happen there. I like Brock Purdy and Matt Campbell to get it done at home. I like them 31 to 28 over Texas. All right. So we both like Iowa State. Go out to the Big Ten next. Man, this used to be like a real hated rivalry. I guess it still is, but it's a little lopsided, it looks like, this year. Michigan State on the road to take on a resurging Michigan team. You know, Jay, Michigan State can't score. I think they're allergic to offense. Uh, Michigan's recovered nicely after that loss to Wisconsin. They're 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 putting things in place. Uh, I like Michigan to win thirty-one to six. Man, I like Michigan too. They're they're putting a lot of things together. Michigan State is just a mess. They can't score, and and moreover, I don't think they'll be able to stop Michigan all day, even if Michigan stops themselves some. I like Michigan in this one, twenty-eight to three. Uh, we'll keep it in the Big Ten. Minnesota, the Gophers, getting it done last week. They got to go on the road though. Iowa City, the Hawkeyes, waiting for them, man. I'm going to tell you, Iowa, they've been struggling a little bit this year, but at home, that's a different team. And I think they are going to slow down this Minnesota team. They're going to make them play in a phone booth, and it's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to get loud. It's going to get weird. Give me them Hawkeyes in the upset, 19-17 to over the Gophers. You know, Jay, I was actually favored in this game by, I think, two and a half or three points. Uh, you know, Minnesota's got to find a way to regroup after that huge win, one of the bigger wins in the program recent history. And it, it could be a very strange day in Iowa between Iowa State and Iowa. I think the dream continues for Minnesota. I think they got out a win 24 to 17 in Iowa City. All right. So there you got them gutting out the big win there. All right. We'll keep it in the Big Ten. Indiana, Windiana now on the road to take on Penn State. Can Penn State recover? You know, Indiana's quietly put together a nice little 7-2 and two season. Um, I think Penn State, ha- they've they're really got a kind of a gut check right now. They're going to answer the, the bell. they got got Ohio State looming out there next week. Uh, here's the thing, Jay. I don't think Indiana's played or beaten anybody of consequences. I think it's a close game, but I like Penn State to win 27-24. to 24. I agree with you here, man. I think Penn State's been up against much tougher competition. Indiana's a good story, but I think they're not enough to take out any lines at home. I like Penn State in this one, 27 to 17. We go down to the SEC for the Deep South's oldest continuous rivalry, Allen. Georgia is on the road to take on Auburn. And man, I, I gotta tell you, this sets up and feels a whole lot like 2017, where Georgia's got this high-ranked team, playoff aspirations. They've got the SEC East locked up, and they go into Auburn and they got thumped in that game. The difference is that Auburn team, while they had a good defense, didn't have a great defense, but they had a great running back and a great offensive line. This Auburn team, great defense, but they just don't have the offensive pieces. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think Georgia's offense is real flashy either, and I don't think they want it to be. I think this is a game that's going to go by real fast. The only reason it's going to be long is because CBS takes a billion commercial breaks and we'll just invent some more. But I, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game at all. I think this is going to be a a you know fight in a ditch. And i got to tell you, the Bulldogs are the more complete team here. Give me Georgia in this one, 16-10 to over Auburn. 
Yeah, I mean, I really expect a defensive struggle here. I think Auburn's offense, their struggles are well documented. I don't think uh, Georgia's anything special. Uh, Jay, there's something about playing at Jordan Hare in November. It's one of the toughest places to play. I think Auburn wins a field goal kicking contest. I think they beat Georgia 19 to 16. All right, so you've got Auburn. I'm taking Georgia. We'll keep it in the SEC, and we'll we'll end with the SEC here. Two teams were in the big game last week. Now they both got to go on the road for the Mississippi Car Wash. LSU is on the road at Ole Miss. Jay, I think LSU will have a small hangover from that big win, but I think if they shrug it off by the end of the first quarter, uh, I think they take care of business over Ole Miss 55-13. to LSU, not uh, nothing new about hangovers and shaking them off. I, th- I think they take it off too and take care of business. Ole Miss just not very good on defense. Joe Burrow continues his Heisman run. I like LSU in this one, thirty-eight to fourteen. Alabama, the other side of that game, on the road to take on Mississippi State in Starkville. Will Tua play in this game, Allen? I mean, I heard he was sitting out of practice today. Does he need to? No. Alabama doesn't need him to win this game. Mississippi State's not a very good football team this year. So whoever plays for Bama, they're going to be playing and leading a team that is very angry and a team that wants to make a statement. And State's going to let them do it because State is just not that good a team this year. I like Alabama in this one real big, 38-10. to Yeah, I kind of feel bad for Mississippi State. Uh, They're catching Alabama in a rare game after a loss. And I think Mac Jones is going to play this game, Jay. And uh, I feel bad for State, but Alabama is going to win 49-13. to Yeah. So, Alan, it is time for one last thing here. It's time for you to take us to the danger zone. Well, Jay, uh, this week we're going to follow the midshipmen as they go to South Bend, Indiana. You know, Navy with Malcolm Perry, their their quarterback, leads a strong triple option attack that's averaging 357 yards a game on the ground. That's impressive. Navy's going to pound the rock, control the clock, and steal a win from the Golden Domers. I like Navy 21 to 17. All right. You like Navy over Notre Dame? I'll tell you, man, I, I kind of agree with you there. I, I think that's a, a solid win. Navy's offense has just been unstoppable this year. Well, Alan, that brings us up for week 12. It's going to be another big week of college football. And next week we'll be back. It'll be week 13. And man, we'll be rounding the final bases here as the season comes to a close. But a lot of these conference races are going to start shaping up and taking place as we get through these games. Yeah, we may actually know who's going to play for the Pac-12 championship by then, or at least have a better idea. I think most of the SEC teams have the week off with the uh, annual FCS weekend, but there's still some good ball. You got Penn State, Ohio State out there, and uh, you know the pressure ratchets it up as the games shrink down. So more and more teams with that pressure to win, and that's when you usually see some mistakes and some really fun football games. Absolutely. We'll be here to break it all down for you as always. Folks, thanks so much for listening to the Gridiron Breakdown Show. You can go to anchor.fm slash gridiron breakdown. You'll find where you can listen to the show, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, all of those places. Please leave us a review and share the show on your social media. We appreciate the support. And if you want, follow us on Facebook. Look for the Gridiron Breakdown. You'll find the show page there. Until next time, for Alan, I'm Jay. You've been listening to the Gridiron Breakdown Show. Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Breakdown. The Gridiron Breakdown theme is Sports Time tonight by phil gerard reed hayes and scott p share tune in next week for more analysis and opinion from our hosts i ain't saying by scared out there i'm saying fear now y'all scared to ask another question